day three together of our look through Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 19 to 23 today. These are verses that talk about the new you. We've talked about the new you being about a new name, a new covenant, and today we're going to look at a new way that has been provided through Jesus Christ. Got some good news. The new you includes a new way. God's given us a new road to travel on, a new path to take. It doesn't take all the bumps and curves out of life, absolutely not. But this new way will fill your life with direction, with purpose. It is the way to hope, the way to faith, the way to love, the way to eternity. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25 is at the end of a long section on the sufficiency of Jesus Christ as our high priest. Sometime in your own study, you might want to compare these verses to chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, which started this section, and you'll see that they're bookends. They say a lot of the same things, the bookends of what it means that Jesus is our high priest. Obviously, God wants us to understand all that it means that Jesus is our priest. And one of the deepest things that it means is God's opened up this new way into his presence. Jesus is our priest, and that means that we can live in God's presence. As he ends this talk about what it means for Jesus to be our priest. He gives us some encouragement. And that encouragement starts with a kind of a roadmap for followers of this new way. It tells us what kind of way this is. It tells us what's required of those who travel in this way. And then the last couple of days of this week, we're gonna see that it also tells us how you and I can encourage others in this way. First, what kind of a way is this, this new way that Jesus has provided? Verses 19 and 20 say this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. So this new way opened up through the curtain into the most holy place. This new way is a way into the presence of God. It's a new way through the curtain. Remember, the high priest entered the holy place. We've said this several times through this section. Once a year, the Holy of Holies, once a year for the purpose of asking forgiveness, making sacrifice for forgiveness for the sins of the people. So this new way can be summed up in one word, Jesus. It's through his sacrifice that you and I can enter the Holy of Holies, that we can experience the presence of God. Now notice it tells us here, the curtain is his body. The curtain is his body. It's his sacrifice. It's the fact that he gave his life for us. The curtain is Before Jesus gave his life, the curtain in the tabernacle and then the temple was a barrier. It expressed the barrier between us and God because of our sin. So that's the real barrier. The barrier is our sin. Well, Jesus became our sin. He has become, in essence, the curtain. So instead of the barrier being there between us and God now, Jesus is there between us and God. And if I'll choose his new way, I'm automatically, by God's grace, powerfully by God's grace, ushered into his presence, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus already did. Jesus has replaced the barrier with a way, a way to enter in. It's one of the most awesome truths in the New Testament. It's a new way, and it's also called here a living way. It's not through the blood of dead lambs, it's through the blood of a living Christ. It's a living way because he who lives is the way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. You might know that early Christian followers were often called followers of the way. There was a different way about them. There was a different vibrancy about their life, a different direction about their life. It's the way of righteousness. It's the way of God. It's the way of peace. This is more than a way of life. This is the way to life, to the only kind of life that's going to last for eternity. And in one sense, this way that we're talking about 
the, the way through the curtain. It's, it's a doorway, but it's also a bridge. Verse 21 says, since we have a great priest over the house of God. The word priest, you might remember from our study, has the idea of a bridge builder. Priests build bridges between man and God. Jesus built the bridge. Jesus made the way. Jesus bridged the gap, our sin, between man and God. He's our priest. He's our bridge builder. He's our way. He's the one who introduces us into relationship with God. So what do you want I do about that? How do we walk in this way? Well, let me give you a couple of ideas today, and then we'll continue in this tomorrow. How do we walk in this way? First, he says, you draw near. Since he opened the way into God's presence, you need to draw near to God's presence. Verses 21 and 22. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And you might think, draw near to him. I'm not worthy to draw near to him. Remember, it's a new way. And you and I, we travel with a new heart. We have now a heart of sincerity. God's given you that heart through his spirit. Now, life, because of this new heart, life can be different. We've been told again and again and again that God has written a new heart for us by his spirit. That's how you can live in this new way. You have this new heart. You also have this new assurance. You travel in full assurance of faith. Things can let you down. People can let you down. But God will never let you down. Assurance in him because he will never let you down. And you have this new conscience. You have a cleansed conscience, which we talked about last week. Here's the writer of Hebrews again and again, bringing the same themes back to us. That's why we walk in this new way. For years and years, I've done a survey of new people going to church, and I've asked them, what's the number one reason that you first came to church? And in the survey and these questions that I ask them, the number one answer always is, I want to be close to God whether it's because of a sin that they're struggling with or a tragedy that's happened in their life or just a sense of the fact that God is real, they've come to church because they want to be close to God. Well, the desire that we have to be close to God, it's God's desire for us. The reason you have that desire is because God desires that for you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be close to you. So these verses we've just looked at, a sincere heart, full assurance, these are about the inner heart of someone who's coming near to God. There's a frustration I see in many people. I can't get close to God. The more I come to church, I do the right things. I serve him more and more. Well, he wants you to come to church. He wants you to serve him more and more. But coming close to God starts with the inside, not the outside. It starts with a sincere heart. It starts with full assurance. It starts with being cleansed from a guilty conscience. That's where it starts. You start there, and out of that, you live the life he has for you to live. So first, let us draw near because Jesus opened the way. And then second, because Jesus opened the way, let us hold fast. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. This new way that you're on, if you think of it as a highway, don't take any off-ramps. Stay on the way. No matter how attractive the off-ramp might appear, don't take the off-ramp. There's no need to get off of this road. It's the one that takes you where you want to be. And you might think, I'm not strong enough to live this kind of life. Well, he can supply all the power you're ever going to need. You don't have to take an off-ramp. You might think it's just too hard. The truth is life is hard, but it certainly doesn't get any easier without Christ. I see people thinking life is so hard. Maybe if I take an off-ramp, it won't be hard anymore. But all that gets you is 
a sense of separation, a sense of being not close to Jesus anymore, and you're still going through the same difficulties of life. I'd rather go through the difficulties with Jesus than without him, wouldn't you? You will find more rest while you're on this road than taking an off-ramp from this road. You think, I'm facing trouble. Well, he'll take you through the trouble, and he'll grow you as he takes you through that trouble. So that's why you hold unswervingly. He says, hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. That word profess has the idea of a confession. It's homologeo. It means to speak the same, speak the same as God. God says, I have hope. I speak the same as God. There is hope in this world because of what Jesus has done. So hold fast to that hope because where you put your hope, it sets the direction of your day. Where you put your hope, it's gonna set the direction of your life. So this new way, it's opened up for us by the death of Jesus, his body given on the cross. And as I walk in this way, here's the places to start. Draw near and hold fast. Let's pray that God give us the strength through his spirit to do that today. Father, that's what we ask. We know this is your desire, so we know that this is a prayer that can be answered because we're praying in your will. We pray that today you'd give us boldness to draw near to you, to recognize that we can live life in the presence of an almighty God. Help us not to minimize who you are, that you are almighty. But Lord, help us also not to shrink back in fear from the relationship you want to have with us. We draw near to you, and we want to hold fast to you, hold fast to our hope. I pray particularly right now for someone whose hope seems to be hanging just by a thread. I pray that they realize that that thread, that thread, what we have in you, is more than enough. And that's more than a thread. It's the fact that you love us. It's the fact that you've given your life for us, that you have an eternity for us. So help us to see, Lord, that although our emotions might say to us, there is no hope, the truth is, there is hope. There is the hope of eternity that we can hang on to. There's the hope of your love that we can hang on to. So in that hope, we pray that we would hold fast to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about the power that you have to make a difference in somebody else's life of faith.